You know how it starts like boom, 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 and then the, the beat drops more? Oh my muchkale, muchkale. Make a funny. <laughs> <laughs>
I spent plus or minus five years maybe really struggling to get um, a visa for the US. And not only the visa, but really what was even more difficult than the visa was getting a manager uh, and an agent here for me as an actor. And you need them to be an actor, working actor in the US. I needed to get representation to sign my visa documents. It's not like getting a normal job or you can get uh, you know work to vouch for you. You need a representation here. And that's very difficult to get. And a ton of recommendation letters and a whole file put together from press articles and reviews and all that boring nonsense. Uh, well, not nonsense, all the boring stuff. Uh, but, but it took me a long time to gather all that material. And now I was so, really I was in a place where I was so happy that it all worked out and that I was able to, to get all those things checked off the list. And I got my visa approved and I got my manager and I was willing to get into the whole long distance relationship thing for good. And I flew over here and I got a little bit of momentum and I met incredible people, actors and artists and directors and comedians. I even got a spot at the world famous comedy store, which has always been a big dream of mine. And I actually managed to get a spot there and not only get a spot, but really have multiple performances there. And I got to say, I really like blew them out of the, I blew it out of the water because I in a good way is that another English expression that I just messed up I don't know um but I put so much pressure on myself before COVID hit I said if I'm gonna perform at the comedy store I better be on my a game I better really bring it and um and do my best jokes and and I and I'm so happy that I did and I left a pretty good impression but all that went to shit when COVID happened and I flew back and so suddenly it just stopped and I had, you know, I felt grateful, knock on wood, so privileged to be able to have, of course, a roof over my head and I had food on the table. So really, is there anything big to worry about? No, but at the same time, uh, this big dream that I was working towards and really hustling for, for years and years and years, uh, was, you know, uh, I was doubting it all because I suddenly was in a position where all my friends, felt a little bit of a relief, like, oh, we don't have to be in the office anymore, have this like crazy nine to five job and they're typing away at their computers and they were able to just have a, you know, a home office and not have a manager or a boss breathing over their shoulder, you know, into their neck and really like micromanaging them. But for me, I felt like the floor from under my feet just collapsed. And I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, there's no movies being done. There's no series. There's no auditions. There's no... Um, meetings. There, there's nothing. They were telling me that cinemas were going to shut down and that the industry would change forever. And I felt like I was completely left out of the conversation in Los Angeles because I was so far away. And all that to say that for the first time in 30 years, really for the first time truly, I had an ounce of doubt that maybe this is all shutting down on me and I won't make it as an actor in the industry in the US, in Los Angeles, where I always dreamt of being. And so that really put so much pressure on, my, on me. And I was really sad. And for the first time ever, I couldn't even get out of bed. And I'm such a positive person. And listen, you all that have been listening to this podcast know the reason why I started this is to not only make you laugh on a different platform, but also to, um, to talk about real shit and, and really be open and honest with you guys um, about the ups and downs that I went through. And as you know, and I really don't want to dwell on it, but like that whole thing happened and then I went through 
the biggest breakup of my life, which was really like heartbreak, like I've never experienced it before. And that doesn't mean that it was like me or her or this reason or that reason, because we really went about it in the most mature way possible. And I will always have respect for, for our relationship and for her and vice versa. Uh, and yet as, as mature as we were about it, you know, or as, as I guess as, um, yeah, it, it, no matter how you look at it or how you spin things or it just, there's no way around it. It's fucking hard. I know anyone that's gone through a breakup, no matter what side you stand on, it's, it's really difficult, especially when you invested so much time and love into that relationship. And, um, suddenly you have this picture where you think you know where it's going and it's the obvious, it's the marriage, it's the future, it's the kids. And then of course that doesn't work out and you put everything to, into question, you know? Um, and again, I have to stress, I really think it doesn't, no matter what side you stand on, because if the relationship was real and authentic and full of love, it's just hard no matter what. So we tried to deal with it as well as we could. And, um, and I think that we managed that to the most part but still now without my acting and without the security blanket of a love of a relationship, I felt like I was just falling, free falling. And then, and then I just collapsed. And so I thought that this podcast would be a little bit therapeutic for me. And by being open with you guys, maybe helping someone else out there. And from the reactions that I've gotten so far from you all, that's exactly what happened. And I'm really grateful. At the same time, it's difficult because I feel sometimes that every episode needs to be super deep and super, you know, and then I went off to do an episode or two that were kind of more surface level and just fun and light. But then listening to them, I love those because why not have those things where you can just switch off and, and just listen and have a good time. But at the same time, all these beautiful messages I'm getting from you all, yeah, make me a little bit like, uh-oh, oh my God, I gotta be this voice now for people. Um, to try to inspire and to try to, uh, I don't know. I, so so, um, so all that is, 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 I feel so blessed that I'm able to be here in this position and talk to you all and have listeners. At the same time, it's, it's difficult. And I think that's why I took a little bit of a pause because I really needed to focus on me. Um, and a big uh, chunk of that time was spent on getting back into the flow of work COVID started, uh, you know, with movies and series and all that stuff, uh, things started opening again and they figured out a way how to really tackle that, which was incredible because, oh, I was just, I'll, t I'll tell you all about the projects I've been doing. Um, but I also had to move out of my apartment in Vienna, which was very emotional and really difficult because I lived there with my girlfriend. So, so many memories and photos and furniture and all that stuff that really is just like real life stuff, adult stuff that you have to deal with. Um, and I've never had to do that before. You know, I've dealt with breakups or, um, you know, heartbreak at a lesser maybe level, but, but that was, that was a very, that was a big challenge, like packing up everything and, and putting the furniture on online and taking photos and like seeing things that you're attached to be taken into a new home. And even though, you know, this stuff is just stuff and memories will stay no matter what. It's uh, on the one hand closure because you feel like you can close a chapter. You know, right before I left to LA, I really saw the apartment with my own eyes empty. And uh, just the way that I saw it when I came into it. And I left the key on the floor, closed the door, and was able to leave. So it was a, a lot of sort of catharsis for me and that was very important. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's tough. It's really, it was fucking hard and I cried a lot and I, 
oh, I questioned things so much, but at the same time, I was really motivated to get back onto my feet and to focus on me again, you know, and not that I was ever stopped, you know, because I think I have enough space in my heart to give someone, but also to really focus on myself. That's really been a, um, like a lucky talent of mine. Um, and, and at the same time, it's, it's always been a challenge in also in past relationships because my dream is so specific and so strong. And a big part of that is being in Los Angeles. Um, and as much as you need to compromise in relationships, like that's the one thing that I cannot compromise. And no one has ever really like, I've been blessed and no one has ever tried to deter me from that or stop me or derail me. Um, so re- that, 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 all of it has just to do with me, but does at the moment in this time and age that I'm in uh weirdly enough you see I always say like if it was meant to be that right now I need to go down like a single path um then this is the moment but for the first time in many years I feel like I'm here on my own and it's scary But at the same time, it's really amazing because um, I'm just doing what I do. So we'll see. Not that that is something that is like forced or planned, but this is uh, the way that life presented itself to me and, uh, and I'm totally rolling with it. And so there's challenges and there's ups and downs, but fuck yeah, I'm motivated. And I'm so happy that I got here. It was so complicated, even with a working visa, getting back to America. But I'm here now and I have a wonderful home and I feel excellent. And oh my God, in this town, the motivation is here. You feel it. Things are opening again. Uh, the, the, even like the elections, I think, brought a different energy into this uh, country. And, and the film industry, I just shot a movie and I finished a week and a half ago and I just felt the energy there. Everyone is so happy and grateful to be working. So on that note, let's talk about some of the work I've been doing. In Vienna... I worked with the wonderful director Marvin Krenn again. Marvin directed me in the series Freud, which opened up a lot of doors. He uh, decided to do another movie and he called me and he said, all right, so I want you to be my movie. Good news and bad news. Good news is I want to work with you again and I don't even need you to audition, which is the first time that that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, but I, the, the bad news is there's not really a role for you. I was like, so it's just bad news then, isn't it? Click. No, but uh, we really found a way and we found something that would work for me. We had to sort of, without getting into too many details, we had to make it work, really had to cater the role around me, but I managed to do it. And it was the most fun I've ever had. I mean, trust me guys, I tried to stay creative during times of COVID and it was really difficult as a comedian and as an actor because I was like, there's only so much I can do. I can go on Instagram, I can try to make you laugh, but I don't know, it's hard. I you have hits and uh, yeah, you hit and you miss, you know? Um, and what, I can stare in front of a mirror and do a monologue, but you know, like at some point I just need to be on a movie set again and start acting. So that was my first one back and I couldn't have been more proud and honored to do it again with the maestro himself, Marvin. Really guys, he's on top of his game and he's going places. I mean, he's already achieved so much, but so that was a really fun character. I played like um, a passive aggressive, uh, flamboyant, uh, art curator and I kind of looked like the nerdy Jewish Tony Stark. I had the glasses, the cool suit, wealthy and just like boom presented everything really grand and really big 
but I tried to find little nuances. And what was great was that I was able to do a comedy with him. You know, Freud was quite dark. And although I'm a comedian and a comic actor, I feel like everything mostly that, I, that I'm cast in is either a drama or a thriller or a sci-fi. And that's great because I'm not being typecast yet. But at this point in my life, I'm like, I'd love to just kind of make people laugh again and just make funny movies. Um, so that was an awesome experience. Right, out of, right after that, I um, shot a series called which is a series for TNT, super cool. Uh, I can't really go into too many details, but uh, it was shot in Berlin. And I filmed most of it before I flew out here uh, to LA. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. I can tick that off the box. I can do the movie. I can do all this stuff. And then I can go to LA and just be here. But as per contract, there's still another shooting day left. So I have to fly tomorrow morning all the way back to Berlin to shoot one final scene. Um, trust me, I'd take a train or a ship if I could. Alas, uh, the work is calling for me and it's a really important scene and they couldn't work around it. So um, that's kind of exciting, I guess. You know, this is the life that I chose and everyone kept warning me about it like you are gonna wanna live in LA, but uh, as much as that might be your base, you're gonna be filming all over the world. So, flying back to Berlin tomorrow to finish shooting that, where I play, well, I'm actually not allowed to say what I play, damn it. Um, and then here's the most amazing thing. I met a guy who's a close dear friend of mine at this point, but he's also a brilliant producer that really believes in me. Uh, and so I'm very lucky because as an actor, sometimes you just are hoping for that one audition that will change things. Uh, but he met me at a time that was really interesting. I was heartbroken and down and not on my most uppity spirits. And yet he saw uh, potential in me. He saw my passion, my drive. He also saw that through the breakup and through the, co the COVID madness and through the rejections that I've been getting in this industry and yada, 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 he saw that I was able to laugh at my pain and he saw that it was maturing me. And I really did feel that. I have to say throughout this whole phase, uh, for better or for worse, or if anything, it got me, yeah, even more mature and um, grounded, I think. As cheesy as that sounds, I really mean it. It got me to a really good place. Um, and lucky for me, I'm able to channel all that stuff, the disappointment, uh, yeah, everything I've, I've gotten into already. I'm able to channel that and put it into my work. So even if you have an office job out there and you sometimes just want to drive, your, you know, your boss drives you crazy or whatnot, I urge you to be creative, paint, draw, sing, I don't know, act in front of the mirror, you know, um, as much as I did not act in front of the mirror in COVID times. But for you, do it because it's like you're not bottling things in. I feel like most people that are hustlers and they work, they don't have time to get into all these feelings. Sometimes when you have too much time, it's dangerous. Um, trust me, in COVID times, oh my God, I drove my friends, family, and partner crazy because all I was doing is fucking practicing handstands all day. And I'm like, what else can the dancing circus monkey do today? Maybe a little pantomima. Oh. Hello? Close it again. I love that people that are listening to this have no freaking idea what I'm doing here. I was just doing a little bit of horrible mime. I got a lot to work on if I want to do a movie about my dad. Mm. But the, the thing where I feel most blessed about, um, the thing that, that helps me the most rather, is that all the stuff that I was going through, I was able to put into my work. And it just makes me a deeper artist. 
And that's just what it is. And it's okay. And we're done. And that's fine. And it's good. And we're heartbroken and it's okay. And we're going through shit and that's all good. Why? Because that's life. And life takes its course. And you can't plan everything. And it just showed me how to live in the moment. And take it for what it is. And just roll with it. And not ignore things and not repress my feelings and push them down like a basketball. And one day you're putting a basketball underwater. This is the analogy I always say. It's like emotions that you're um, emotions that you're ignoring or that you don't want to confront. It's like holding a basketball underwater. And it's like you're holding it, you're holding it, you're holding it. And at some point, boom, it's going to explode. And then you can't really handle it. And sometimes it happens way too late in the game. So luckily I was raised in a way where we were a very open household. And I was used to talking openly about my feelings. But that I was able to do it and channel that stuff into my work. I feel my auditions are getting better. Not that, you know, yeah, it's not like every actor that wants to be an actor. I'm like, but yeah, in a way, I understand my teachers are like, go through life. Whatever that is, the more life experience you have, the more mature, the more ready you are as an actor, the more ready, the more able you are to take on different characters and real people and stories and and tell and 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 have the world relate to you on a movie screen or in the theater because that's what acting is right if you're a baby and you have no experience all you can do is draw from your imagination and i feel like i'm finally in a place in my life at 31 where i have enough life experience to act i feel like i'm only just getting started and with comedy i'm able to laugh you know laugh at myself and at my situation and make jokes about it and of course help other people because everyone needs a good laugh um and so this guy that I met, David, the producer, he saw it in me. And he told me, like, Nadiv, I know you want to go to the U.S. I know you have this big dream, but right now it's not happening. And that's fine. You know, it's, it's hard and it sucks, but you're here now. So what can you do? What is in your control? So um, he told me to go to Berlin. He set up all these comedy places for me. And there were at times like Berlin was kind of half open COVID time. So I had five people in the audience. Sometimes I was lucky 20, 30 people in the audience. But I just started to talk, 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 talk through all my feelings, make jokes about them. And I feel like, and in German mostly. So that was a real challenge. But then through that, he also urged me to do my own stand-up comedy special, a full hour show in German. So I... Oh, my alarm's going off. That means I gotta press stop and record on the camera again. So give me a sec. All right, we're back. Um, so I, yeah, what I did was I did my own stand-up comedy show at my parents' house where I grew up, where I had my first kiss where I had my circumcision, yikes. Yeah, that was kind of painful. Um, I mean, I thank God don't remember. Although there is video footage. Don't watch it. Yeah, not so good. Mm. Um, and, um, and so we built a stage, we got everyone tested, and we just, I just invited friends and family and we taped it. And we did a really cool, amazing German special. And that was a big thing off my bucket list. That was another thing that I think COVID helped people with. Really confronting, challenging questions that most people don't have the time to really get into. They, I, I feel like a lot of people have also been writing me like, wow, thank you for being so open. I realized that like, I need to spend more time figuring out who I am and really working on my issues or my insecurities or, or my own happiness. You know, And COVID really allowed people... I mean, it's the fucking worst thing ever, right? It's terrible. And, and, but 
uh, yeah, I think it forced people to really take a deep look in the mirror and that's always scary, but, um, but important. And so I did it through my comedy and I built this stage and it was so amazing and I was able to do things that I never took the time to do. Um, that's what I mean with like, I had the time. And so instead of sitting on my ass waiting for the phone to ring, I just decided to take initiative and do my own thing. Um, and then David produced that and then he also um, produced this brilliant documentary series for the German TV ZDF. It's the biggest network in all of Europe, which is crazy. I didn't know that. Uh, and it's a series called Heroes. And there's six episodes and each episode follows an up and coming comedian and their hero. And each episode is like 30, 40 minutes long. It's going to be shown on TV which is amazing exposure, but also a way to share my story and to have people connect with me. Um, and he chose me to be in one of the episodes. And I got to work with my hero. And he said, who's your hero? And I said, oh my God, Will Ferrell. And he was like, no, I can't get Will Ferrell. I'm like, okay, so Kevin Hart. He's like, okay, so you're your dad. I was like, no, no, no. I, so at first I said, Will Ferrell. He's like, oh, okay, I thought you meant your dad. I was like, no. But what about Kevin Hart? He's like, ah, but you, you mean your dad. I was like, so do you just, I, I feel like you just want to, I feel like you want me to choose my dad for the, do you want my dad? And through him, you're getting me to be in the show. You know, who cares? I'm 31. I don't have time to waste. Let's get my dad back in. Let's get him in the show and let's make him my hero. Weirdly enough, I didn't grow up with any heroes. Um, I don't think that's healthy. But I did have a lot of admiration um, and I looked up to a lot of people. I was very inspired by people, including my father. It's obvious. So what an emotional journey that was and a remarkable opportunity to have this on footage of my father giving me sound advice on life and on being an artist and how to channel all my feelings into my work and how to dedicate myself into be becoming this artist that I want to be and how to also balance the uh, a you know, future relationship and how I can do that and still carry out living my dream. So really, it's a beautiful episode. Um, and uh, it's coming out next week. Uh, I'll share it, of course. And then at the end of the episode, my dad presents me in this beautiful theater in Berlin where we actually had a little bit of an audience and it was, I cannot explain to you how amazing. I stood on a stage again with a real microphone and an audience in, in a proper stage, not like little dive bars. And I haven't done that in maybe a year and a half before. Uh, so that was an amazing experience and I got to end the episode like that. Him, my father presenting me on stage and then I walk up and do a 20 minute show about everything that I just went through in the last year. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see it. Now, finally, uh, not to blow my own shofar, but I had an insane experience flying over to the US. So I finished shooting this in Berlin and then I flew over to the US and I wish I could tell you what this is. I cannot tell you what the movie is that I worked on, but I promise you the 10 year old child inside of me and the adult, my eyes were so big. I got to work. I mean, I was really like, I, 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 this is not a joke. I looked at a photo of myself when I was a kid while I was shooting this movie in the US and I was proud because the kid wanted me to achieve that. And so here, okay, this is what I can tell you. I did a Netflix film. You will see it. It's really a big film. It's an action movie. Um, and I got to work with some of the biggest stars on the planet. <laughs> uh, and not only them, the directors, their brothers, are like the biggest movie directors in the world. Um, 
And if you haven't figured out what the movie is yet, you're gonna have to wait. Um, but I did, yeah, I can't say anything else. I wish I could say it. Anyway, in further, in other episodes, I'll tell you. But I got to fly to LA, not only and be back here with an open city and a new election and movies were getting back to, to what they used to be, but immediately upon arrival, more or less, I got to, I, I, to act in, in what will be, I think, the biggest movie of the year. So whew, I almost cried every day on set. And I was like, I had to pull it together, Nadiv, like, be cool, be cool. But it was such a crazy journey because I filmed a video. My manager writes me an email and he's like, this is a small role, Nadiv, like a minor role, but it's the biggest movie on the planet. You have to be in this. Please put a video together. But they shouldn't know that you're really in Europe. Like, please just like... You're in LA, okay? Like you're in LA and, and this was like months and months ago. So I filmed like a little casting video with my iPhone in the Prinz Eugenstraße in Vienna, the apartment that I moved out of, and I sent it in and I didn't hear for ages and a month goes by and two months goes by and this. And then at some point I get the call. I got the role. And you're going to be in this movie with these people. And yeah, luckily, all the projects that I worked on in Europe in the past months really were coming to an end like I, c I couldn't have made this. I, like really, the last project that I did, this this series, uh, Heroes, I finished shooting that, and I had like hours to spare basically, and so I packed my bags. It was so hectic and so emotionally draining. I moved out of the apartment the next day, filming in Berlin, and then the next morning at 6:30 a.m., I took the first flight out to L.A. And I got here, jet lagged, and ready to fucking film. And I had so much adrenaline in me. I didn't sleep a minute and I loved every second of it so I can't wait for you guys to see that so all that being said is the struggle was worth it everything that I went through in the last year I think made me a more mature person it made me a better more conscious person more grateful if I can even get more grateful because I've always been a grateful person and I didn't really I don't like to take things for granted but this whole fucking year was just um, a roller coaster as I'm sure it is for everyone and people had it way worse trust me um, but I, all I can do is talk about the feeling that, you know, my, my experience. Um, yeah, and it was the first time that I came out here without a safety net, really. I mean, without a safety net, of course. I have the fam my family, um, but, um, but I just like flew out here without an apartment in Vienna, without a home there. Of course, I can fly back and sleep at my parents' place, but it gets a lot less cool when you're 31. So I'm really out here now, and um, yeah. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen? But I'm motivated, I'm ready, and um, I think I'm at a good time in my life now where I, here's the thing. <laughs> I am not entitled to anything, but I really think I deserve it. A lot, a, lot, a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I'm not going to get into all that yet. Oh, there's one more thing I want to talk about. First of all, I'm living with James Hersey, who you all know from my podcast. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's out here doing his thing, recording insanely good new music. Um, probably by the time this is out, his song will be out. I'm not sure his new song. I'm not going to say too much about it. Um, I don't know. What, I feel like everything I talk about, I'm not really allowed to talk about. <laughs> but I'm just so excited. I can't hold it in any longer. It's like a big poo-poo after you eat uh, delicious Indian food. Mm. Speaking of, I'm having Indian tonight. Sometimes I feel like, you know, the cork, when you put the cork back in a bottle of wine, I wish they had that for adult buttholes. Keeping it in, 
doing for as long as I can. Anyway, um, totally regret saying that. So he is out here doing music. It's been awesome living with him in this place that has, we're living in a place that has a lot of history and James Dean used to live here. It's very old Hollywood. And although I think every realtor says that, James Dean used to live here. I'm like, did he live everywhere? So many places that he lived in. And why did he move out? Cockroaches? Because I found two already. Anyway, um, it's amazing living with someone who's also an artist and on his journey and trying to hustle and do his thing. And I'm very inspired by him. And I see that he wakes up early and sometimes he calls me Snorlax, uh, Snorlax, whatever. I didn't play Pokemon. Um, but uh, every once in a while I hit that snooze button. But only because I worked so freaking hard the last few months. And after I finished shooting this Netflix film here, I just needed to sleep for like 16 hours. Uh. And then immediately go and get my favorite iced coffee here at a place called Rubies and Diamonds, which is an iced coconut sea salt latte. Most LA thing you've ever heard of, but also so delicious. Um, and so, yes, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Did you guys see the Friends reunion? Holy moly. I was dreading watching it because I knew it was going to be an emotional journey for me. And I never really talk about my Friends experience. I know I mentioned that I was on Friends twice, like in the background. Um, and I post like a trivia photo here and there. And listen, I'm not gonna stretch out this section, but I do wanna end on the friends note. Here's what I have to say, first and foremost. Watching that episode, I was so emotional watching it. Really, what a special, special series. Talk about something that no matter what mood I'm in, I put on an episode of Friends and I'm immediately happy. But for some of you that are either like tuning in now or don't really know me to that extent, I guess I'll just tell you here because I think it's a big part of my story. When I was 10 years old, I acted in a film with one of the guys on Friends, David Schwimmer, who played Ross. We became quite close. My family met his family. Obviously, he's a lot older, but he sort of was a mentor to me, um, and like an older, older brother. And me, as a 10-year-old, I already knew what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I want to go to the US and I want to become an actor which is a huge plus because I never questioned what I wanted to do. You know, I always knew every career counselor in school had no choice. They didn't even have a chance. My parents would come in and they're like, I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Nadeev wants to be an actor and that's it. So it was a big pause. It was a big plus for me because an advantage because it, it was so easy. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew, I knew the way, the path. I'm going to go to acting school. I'm going to study theater. I'm going to go to LA and that's it. Um, but David was so generous and between the ages of 10 all the way to 14, every year, at least once, I would fly to LA and I would stay at his house for weeks on end and I would go to work with him. And work for him at the time, for all those years, was friends. So I would drive every morning, we'd wake up, have breakfast, I'd get in his car and we'd drive to the Warner Brothers lot and he'd do the peace sign to the security guard. They'd open the door, the, the gate or whatever. We'd see this massive billboard with all the friends people on it. And he'd park his car next to the five other cars from the cast members. And we'd walk in and there it was, the iconic set of friends. So if you watch the episode, you see them really reminisce and you see them go into all these intimate memories that they have of being on set. And I was watching this thing and I thought to myself, oh my God, how blessed am I? This iconic, incredible show I got to witness 
and be a part of really as close as it gets without being a cast member or a crew member. I was, I was there for hours on end, days and days and days, weeks on end, 10 to 12 hours sometimes really just being there on set, on that couch, in that coffee shop, Central Perk, on the, 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 you know, the Barker Lounge, the Joey and Chandler chairs, the ah, ah, playing foosball, touching and like, like be touching, it sounds so weird, touching the white ceramic dog that they have, that they wheel in when sort of Chandler and Joey win the, the girls' apartment. Um, what else? Like the little etchy sketch on the door, Monica and Rachel's apartment. Uh, uh, I, I just, all that stuff I saw and I was there and it was amazing. And I really felt so blessed and grateful that David was so generous and took the time to like, not only take me, because he knew how much it meant to me, I was a fan of the show, but introduced me to all of them. And not only the, you know, the six of them, but like the creators, David Crane, Marta Kaufman, Kevin S. Bright, Kevin Bright, who directed a lot of the episodes. I was like the little kid on set and they all took me under their wing. And it really, it took me years and years to fully understand how special that was. All my friends are fans of friends. That's funny, that rhymed, that same word. It didn't even rhyme, it's just the same word. Um, and now driving past, you know, th along Sunset Boulevard, you see all these posters and billboards of the Friends reunion and, uh, and everyone on Instagram is sharing it. And I'm just there thinking to myself, like, how lucky am I? How lucky am I that I really got to spend so much time on that set and watch them work and be in, in a lot of ways, like a part of that show. Like I said, without being a part of the show, I, I, I at least felt like I really kind of grew up on that set around those people. So um, the only dangerous part about that is I thought that that was the normal thing. That's what an actor's life is. You have a show like that. You have the best cast, the best crew, the best writers, the best creators. Every episode is perfect and amazing. And you get a million dollars an episode and that's it. And that's life. And so I really, while I watched the reunion, I was doing a lot of self-therapy. And again, I don't want to like sit on this or dwell on it and I sound like a boohoo or just like really like showing off. It's none of that. It's really, it just, it's such a big part of my life that I don't get into enough. And I think, <laughs> again, doing my own therapy, I told myself and I came to this epiphany that like, wow, that's the, that's the bar I'm setting for myself. That's the expectation I had all these years, that if I don't get to a job like that, if I don't have my own version of friends, I didn't make it. And how dangerous is that? Because that's impossible. That was a special time in a, in, 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 in a unique environment and a show that worked so harmoniously, so well, that it's like its own entity, like its own little world, like that won't ever happen again. And I'll, I'll make it in my own respect and I'll hopefully do wonderful movies and maybe I'll, I'll land a sitcom as well. But, but Friends was so unique and special um, that in a way I needed like closure. I watched that show, that reunion, and I was really emotional and I was so grateful for all the memories that I had and a lot of them shared with all the people that you saw in that episode. But I was able to say, okay, Nadiv, Lucky you. Now, 
being somewhat spiritual, I said to myself, this happened to me for a reason because I saw how amazing it was, but I also saw how, tr you know, how troubled uh, a lot of them ended up, not ended up being, but like the ups and downs that they went through because it's like they say in the reunion, no one, even their best friends, they were there for them, but they couldn't relate. No one can relate. I think that like, I somewhat saw how the challenges, they were so young at the end of the day, the pressure that a job like that comes with, always being seen as that one role, you know, how difficult it is to break out of that. At the same time, being like grateful that like you had that chance to play one of those characters. Um, and I guess all that being said is, I just think that this prepared me for the journey that I'm about to take. And so did all of what I experienced in the last couple of years, um, or more specifically a year and a half. I think that I am able to, I'm just ready, I'm prepared for anything. I could become a world famous movie star tomorrow and it would be amazing and it wouldn't be easy, but I think I would be ready. And a lot of the preparation I feel was growing up around the, the cast and the crew of Friends, um, as, as stupid as that sounds maybe. Uh, but I just experienced it firsthand and uh, it prepared me. But I was able to let go after that episode. And I actually met a good friend of mine, Tom, today, who's, who's also David Trimmer's, um, one of his closest, dearest friends. And they know each other for so many years. And, um, and I spoke to him about it. And I said, I think I need to let that expectation go because how ridiculous is it to think that the only way I'm gonna make it is if I prove to myself I can achieve that. Uh, and, and, and instead he said, wow, like just, uh, yeah. What an incredible gift that you were given and, and, and experience rather that you were able to, you know, partake somewhat in that journey for your own good. But, but now go and now, now, now do what you got to do. You know, you're your own man, your own adult, your own actor. Go and take on the world and, and do it with, with poise and with confidence and, with, and in a way that only you can do. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. Um, and, uh, and I was able to somewhat just... Let go.